Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're really coming up on the last uh, several episodes here of Return of Condor Heroes 2006. We are doing the, uh, uh, which, what is it, episodes 34 through 36 today, and so that'll leave us with, um, I think it only goes up to 41 episodes, so we're, we're in the final stretches, and I think you can kind of feel that we're getting there with the way the show is going, right? It's uh, Yeah, it seems to be coming to a head. Well, as I said last episode, too, I mean, they've really, really cleaned the floor of a lot of the uh, the extraneous villains in the last, last, in recent episodes. So they're, they're narrowing the focus. So, you know, it, oh, sorry. So, so in these episodes, um, Yangor ends up going adventuring with Brother Condor for like 16 years. We get a huge... Uh, a lapse of time. He 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 obtains um, the wooden sword uh, uh, and uh, and 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 asks Brother Condor to go with him. And we see him sort of training on the beach and and pining for Zhao Longnu. And we also learn that um, uh, we we learn that uh, later that that he develops a series of techniques based on his. Uh, desolation is his, his uh, you know his his, uh, his 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 sense of of despair that that, that his, his love is gone and uh we also when we do sort of skip ahead 16 years we're introduced to a new character the baby that was you know involved in all those chases and you know Guo Zhang she's now like 16 years old and she's like a, an actual character in the story like she's like and it's interesting because in a lot of shows when when they when heroes have sons or daughters they're just kind of there but this is like a fully realized character and it's clearly like one of the protagonists now and yeah. she goes on an adventure with Yangua and she meets the ghosts of western mountain and she meets uh the she brothers of 10,000 beast manor uh the ghost brothers one of their leaders is uh Fan Yi Wang who was a member of Passionless Valley and uh I he's long, yeah he's long bearded ghost and they, they oh. kind of glossed over his character in the show. In the book, he got a lot of attention, so it was easier in the story to, to, to pick up on him. Here, it's very easy to miss him. Um, and, and there's this huge clash between these two groups because the She Brothers are chasing a nine-tailed fox, and they need it to heal one of their leaders who was wounded, I think, by, by Hudu, right? Was that, was that who, who wounded them? Did they? Yeah. And and, yeah. and so uh, Zhang and um, and Yangor decide to to go and get the nine tail fox, and this leads them on a whole adventure, which we'll get into in detail. But they <laughs> they end up uh, meeting divine mathematician uh, Lu Ying, and she's the one who ha- she, she's she's basically the the owner of the fox of, of the nine tailed foxes, and this eventually leads to the death of Monk Qian. There's a whole reunion between. Monk Qian, Reverend Yi Deng, uh, Lu Ying, and Zhu Batong. And it's a very important moment in the story. Uh, yeah, and, well, it's a moment where knowing uh, knowing the original Legend of Condor heroes, or in my case, having seen the Brave Archer movies, really pays off. Otherwise, you're like, wait, what? what is yeah. all this? And that was my <laughs> experience first watching it. I had no idea like what the, the, the power of that scene was supposed to have. Um, 
And, yeah, it's, and, a, it, it's pay, paying off a story a long way down the road, yeah. definitely. Yeah, now I can appreciate it, but at the fir- on first encounter, it's definitely some. This is definitely a moment that benefits from knowledge of the first story. Um, and then we have another summit. Uh, much of the action from this point on takes place in uh, in uh, what is it, Jiangan, the um, the city where they're all uh, they're all trying to defend. And, yeah. Um, and Chief Lu is killed by Huadu. Now I have a I have a slight issue with how they did this, but we'll uh we'll, we'll we'll get into it later um okay and they host a summit to determine who the new leader of uh of bigger clan is going to be and there's a whole thing going on with with uh with Guo Zhang where she is uh where all of these heroes are sort of coming to her uh to her room for her birthday and celebrating and it it's creating kind of like her parents are puzzled and she she's basically hanging out with like really nefarious people and uh and she's also uh become firm friends with uh with condor hero yangoa at this point um and so so yeah there's there's obviously a lot of other stuff that happened um before we before we get into the details adam what was your general uh reaction to the to this episode all right so the question is what what you know what did you think of these episodes adam these were really fun episodes. I mean, uh, we get oh, we get we get a whole raft of new characters here that are all jumped in with the new the, the two new gangs of, of martial heroes we encounter and so on. And uh, but I I like the fact that all these new characters were so colorful in their appearance. It's like there's I mean I don't feel like we really got to know many of these new characters in any way yet, but they're they're just all so distinct looking. Yeah. Uh, the the you know more so visually than I think most of the characters in the show have been so far, and it was that that was like a good choice I think to just you know, make them stand out in people's minds. It lets you know that the martial world has continued to move on. Yeah. In the 16 <laughs> years that have passed. That's the thing I really noticed about it. Um, especially in the book, you just get this sense of, well, like the, the things are continuing, you know, Lee Mocho's dead, but the world moves on, you know, like that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this, this new generation too. It's like, they have to really, they're really playing it up. It's like, they've got their, their clown makeup and they're, it's like, we've, we've, we've like entered kind of the glam period of martial heroes. But well, uh, that's a, see, that's something people don't like, like a lot of these, a lot of wuxia movies really will emphasize this, especially the Shaw brothers ones from, with uh directed by Cheng Che where, there's a lot of, and I think there's some Cho Yuan movies like this too. Yeah, in fact, I know there are. Where there's sort of a kiss makeup thing that kind of yeah. goes on, and uh, and I think a lot of it is in order to get like a ghost or a demon type face. But uh, but I think people don't realize that until they see it. Like you know, it's really like if you see what is it? The, I think Bat Without Wings is a good example. Um, you know, the, the, it 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 really adds to the drama and the the grandiosity of it all and, and the operatic nature of it. Do you know what I mean? It's a definitely like, like, like again, I would, I would definitely advise people to, to check out at least the cover for uh bat without wings, just to get a sense <laughs> of what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what, uh, so, so I guess, I guess one of the things I want to talk about just cause I know we're going to talk about it anyways, is Gua Fu and her, her personality now uh you know now that now that she's sort of the, you know she's had 16 years to mature and to and, and to uh you know what, what was your what was your reaction to to 
to anything Guafu is doing these episodes. I, 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 I like the progression. There is a progression. She's still the same person, and I still don't like her. But you can there there is there's there's just a, uh, she's just a little more subtle in you know the way she's unpleasant. It's uh you know she you know she she's just it's I, I felt like it, it is a good good measured uh, response. I mean it's interesting to seeing her as the older sister. It's uh, you she's know, got it's some authority a, now. She's got some authority within the family. It seems. Yeah, exactly. I uh, no, I I thought they did a good job with it. She's very recognizably the same character, but you could you could feel the passage of time a bit. And she, I mean, she did do some horrible things. She 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 oh, wounded. Yeah. She wounded. Was it one of the she brothers that she yeah. wounded? Uh, you know, and you know, she didn't have to. She you know, and and she's also she's kind of a foil to Guashang. She's a little bit mean to her. You know, there's like a, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, uh, I mean, some of it is like a protectiveness, but the way that it's expressed is really, you know, in a, in a very unfriendly way. And, uh, and so, so yeah, I, I don't know. Was, uh, she's, I, she, she's, she's kind of a constant in the story, but, but like you said, there is a progression. She is older. Uh, what did you think of the introduction of Gua Zhang and Gua Polo? Because these are the twins from, you know, 16 years ago. Now they, they, you know, they, they've grown up a bit and, I think that uh, they're. It's it's. I don't know. I, I find it. I find it interesting that that the one who had the biggest adventure uh, as a baby is the one that's the that's clearly <laughs> the more interesting character, and the one that didn't is, is a sort of vanilla guy that doesn't really do a whole lot. And... Yeah, that's. I mean, you you've nailed my impression of him. I I I don't have anything against him, but I I just don't have any real impression of him. He seems a nice enough guy. I, uh, but, you know, he's there. But yeah, I, I, Guo Jiang, I, I, I liked a lot. I, I thought they, they did a nice job. You know, she's, she's, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see, uh, our, our heroes get one daughter that isn't terrible for one thing. But also, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I really liked her, uh, youthful enthusiasm. I mean, she comes, she, she comes off as very heroic, but naive to an extent. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I thought she added a lot to the show. And, well, uh, and it's important because, I don't know if you caught this, but the the focus is shifting away from Yangua and onto her a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you're getting a lot more attention to her. And I think part of the reason is Yangua is this big hero now. And so now we're sort of... There, the, the it's it's really effective in the book, and I think it's effective here. There's this sense of distance between the viewer and Yangua because he's now sort of exceeded us in his uh, in his stature. And he's, so, he's kind of the equivalent of a character like Hong Chi Kong in the original Hong Chi Kong in the original uh, yeah original one. He's this master that kind of pops in and out, and it's yeah, I agree. He's he's, he's become one of the old great masters now, so. So I think that's why he fleshes out Guajang so much because he's 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 trying to shift that focus and he needs to give us a character that we can focus on uh, that won't lose our interest uh, and 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 can still connect to Yangor so that he's an important character but just gives us that enough of a distance between him that he feels bigger than he did 16 years ago and obviously 
there aren't that many candidates for that. You know, they could go back to Huang Rong and Guo Jing, but they're also supposed to kind of have this distance because they're large in stature now. And yeah. you could focus on Guafu, but that's, you know, that would just be awful. Um, so, you know, I yeah, mean, yeah, or it would be um, a very different story. We'll put it that way. It would be a, a very different story. Um, but yeah, so what did you think of the reunion with um, uh, Reverend Yideng, uh, Divine Mathematician, uh, Monk Qian, and Zhubatong? Uh, you know, they go on that adventure to, to find the Nine-Tailed Fox, and they end up having to get Zhubatong and bring him uh, to, uh, uh, to Lu Ying uh, to, to make the exchange. And there's also this other incident where Reverend Yideng uh, brings Monk Qian because he's been wounded by Jin Lun's palm and is dying, and he wants to he wants to be forgiven by uh, by divine mathematician before he dies. And he sort of reached a point where he's truly remorseful now, and uh, and so he spends most of the time on the ground dying and and and, and asking them to kill him. <laughs> and uh, so you know, there's uh, and a lot happens. I don't you know we don't I don't know if we need to hash over every detail, but what was your reaction to it? Oh, I really enjoyed this. I mean, it uh, like it calls back to stuff that you know happened so long ago and kind of brought it to a a satisfying conclusion. And uh, it's interesting the way too he kind of he bring you know the thing that kicks the story off is someone needing to be healed and this favor needing to be done for healing, which uh, which of course goes brings everything full circle back to the original crisis that kick this all off the divine mathematicians uh baby needing to be uh be healed but uh yeah you know, anytime anytime Zalbaton shows up things are entertaining he's just uh even 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 in kind of a tragic story like this i i mean it's just the the, the weird disconnect of the character it's like oh my son has two rings on his head and oh it's, it's a shame he's dead it's it's, it's just he's just such a such a strangely disconnected character, and, but it, it's because he has kind of a disconnect emotionally in a lot of ways. But he's so, so childish and immediate and rambunctious at the same time. It's uh, it's a very interesting combination. Well, he get he and Yango have a little bit of a skirmish when Yango tries to lure him. Yes, to, uh, to Yingu, and and he's obsessed with learning Yango's dejected palm technique. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Wait, we have to keep fighting. I haven't picked up all your tricks yet. <laughs> I just love that he's. And if if I remember, I, I I'd have to look at my notes in the book. But if I recall, the 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 dejected palm techniques I think are built around a poem, and so it's like a really interesting, you know. And it's and it's obviously built around his longing for Zhao Longnu, and it's just like a very Yangua uh approach to building a martial law. it's got it's got like a little dose of huang yaoshi to it but it's a little bit more uh romantic you know it's, yeah yeah no it's uh no i i uh that that that, that whole story and it's interesting too you know her uh divine mathematician being in a position to kill qian and being like oh i'm not gonna kill you because then that'll balance things yeah. you know i want you to go to hell but uh but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I felt that was very very satisfying. I was glad to see that all kind of pay out in well, the in the way that it did. 
And there was a funny moment where uh, Reverend Yideng says, you know, he's become a monk. This is the man who killed your child. He's become a monk to atone. And she says, so he's atoning for his sins by becoming a monk. No wonder there are so many monks and priests in the world. Yes. Uh, yes. And, uh, but then he said something. He said, no, no, no. A sin is a sin. Like, you know, yeah, you, I you, like know, you, you, you can't you can't just, you know, erase your sin by becoming a monk. But he's like been working his whole life to atone, you know, just to get some measure of of, of balance here. And. I don't know. I find it very interesting because it's a very it's 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 a very long slog to redemption. It takes this guy the the entire course of these two books basically to to get to a point where he can be redeemed. Yeah. Um, well, the, the the event he did was a flashback, which took place before the first book even started. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It literally is the it's more than the two books in length, pretty much. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, it, and, and, and I don't know if the show is going to go here, but, but we, we revisit them in the story. I think it, I think we might get a, we, we might revisit them in the series too. Uh, if, if, if we don't remind me and I'll tell you what happens because we get kind okay. of an epilogue to, to everything with involving them. Um, but yeah, so, so there was that. And then, you know, she obviously has to return back to, uh, to Zhang Yang and, that's when uh, a bunch of stuff happens, including uh, the death of Chief Lu, um, who is murdered by uh, Huadu, and and then Huadu ends up killing a beggar and stealing his face, essentially, and pretending to be a uh, a member of Beggar Clan. And then when they host the summit to uh, to determine who is going to be the, the next leader, you know that's obviously going to come into play. Um, <laughs> and so, and then and then we have. Uh, in the book, the way this is described is they're having their hero summit, and I believe uh, Guajiang decides to hold her own little hero summit in her room, and that's when all the uh, the nefarious people sh- show up. And so in the book, it's kind of interesting because I think somebody tells Huang Rong, "Oh no, you know she's she's in her room, and she says she can't come because she's having her own little hero summit." And they're like, "Really? Like a hero summit? What's all this about?" And, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed Huang Rong's uh, reaction to trying to figure out what what was going on with this whole thing through these episodes. Uh, yeah, it's definitely setting her curiosity off. I like I like the conversation too between uh, you know in bed where they're they're talking about her and you know it's like you know and uh, Guo Jing just doesn't doesn't. Uh, doesn't understand what's going. It's like, oh yeah, she's just acting normal, and uh, you know, Huang Rong's like, yeah, you didn't understand the the heart of a, a young girl when you were young, and you still don't. But what's mm-hmm. funny is how flirty she was with him in that moment, where she was kind yeah. of like they were remembering their uh, their history, like that really kind of shined through. There was also exactly. another moment much earlier in in the episodes when uh, before the time elapsed. Where she, where Huang Rong goes to Guo Jing and Zhang Yang and she tells him about the story of the Divine Nun, but she doesn't tell him that she just made it up or anything like that. And so he he uh, you know he immediately believes it. He he's just like, oh, yeah. what good news! The divine the Divine Nun is gonna is gonna it will, will 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 surely restore her to health and they can have a reunion in sixteen years. This is this you know they're a very fortunate couple. And... Well, look at Huang Rong's face during all of that. That was like. If... If you were if you're still on the fence about whether it was a story or whether it was the truth or not, that scene was the one you're like, yeah, okay, it's definitely, definitely something Huang Rong made up. <laughs> and uh, 
And so, you know, it, I, I love that he is still this guy that is just every once in a while they remind you that he does not pick up on things. But it's always in a way where it sort of makes you think more highly of him. Like, you know, that, that he's that yeah. enthusiastic and positive and upbeat. Uh, you know, there, there, there's like a there's a char there's something charming about how oblivious he is to things. Um, I agree. I agree. He's, he's not weighed down by the, the concerns that that somebody as smart as Wong Rong is weighed down by, you know, like we like when we see her in that scene where she's up sewing at night because she's yeah. fretting over over Guajang and, and and she has every right to because Guajang is like is, is, is only 16 and there's like murderers hanging out with her in her bedroom and and she's got some kind of, you know, relationship with this condor hero who she probably I think she's figured out is is Yangua. Um, and so, you know, it's it, she has a right to be a to be a concerned mother there. Um, but Guajing is, just, you know, he only he's kind of like what's interesting is, you know, again, a very good job of sort of what characteristics of the parents do these children have? Like like you can see it in Guafu where she's kind of inherited the worst aspects of both her parents. And uh, Guajang has inherited some of that obliviousness, like you were saying. Like, there's like a naive thing about her that is reminiscent of Guajing, but she's also got that 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 energetic quality that Huang Rong has. That sort of yeah. You know, there's like a sharpness to her, um, and so it, it it I feel like it, it's it's just very interesting that that you can sort of almost see the process of of character design. Uh, you know you can yeah i mean the, the scene you get early on with her you know with her uh just drinking with the beggars early on i just it just immediately kind of calls back to Huang Huang wrong running off and being a beggar for a while at the beginning of, of legend of condor heroes it's like it's like oh it's it, yeah i was a just just nice pleasant callback to something that happened a generation earlier it's yeah. uh and just for yeah. People, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say yeah. I mean, I it's just that that is one of the satisfying things about this story overall. Is just watching these generations kind of unfold one after another. It, it really, it really, it really fits together nicely. And the uh, and and one of the things that's kind of cool that we should probably mention to people because if they haven't seen it, they they won't know why this scene was was so interesting. The people that are going to visit uh, Guajiang in her room, they're people like merciless killer abyss zheng ying um human cook ren chi zi uh you know <laughs> the, like all these people that are kind of it, it would be like having you know billy the kid or something and you know it's like what's going on here um, at a kid's birthday party yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and granted she's 16 so she's like in in the setting she's basically supposed to be like just about oh, yeah. to be an adult but like but she's still clearly quite young and and the uh and 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 I think Huang Rong is is has every re right to be concerned about you know what are these people doing with my daughter? Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so I think um, I don't know. The, and 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 this and and the episodes end with uh, uh, word that the Mongolians have sort of advanced to two key locations on either side of Zhang Yan, and uh, I think like two thousand troops divided between them. And and all we know is that there are some there are important stores at, like at these at these locations. And the book doesn't even get that much more specific than that. I think they end up being munitions or something and food stores. But uh, but that's going to be important. So definitely 
remember that. Uh, yeah, the- that that seemed a key plot point. But yeah, you know, thinking further though, just jumping back a little bit to talk at the scene with uh, with Guo Jiang, where she's uh, with the beggars at the beginning too, and how that relates to Huan Ron when she went through her beggar stage. It's kind of interesting from the standpoint that. You know, like I said, it's it's a similarity between the two, but it really highlights the differences because when we're introduced to Huang Rong as a beggar, it's like she's the one tricking other people and engaging in all this all this scheming and, you know, like playing kind of taking advantage of Guo Jing and so on. And whereas with her, she's just assuming all these people are part of her sect and she's, yeah. you know, she's almost basically tricking herself, you know, it's, uh, well, it's, it, it highlights the differences as well as the similarities. And it's a bit harrowing because, uh, Huang Rong is very street smart and, and Guo Zhang is not street smart at all. She's just very lucky, I think. So like, you know, yeah. she, you know, uh, you know, you know, if those if those um, uh, if you know if the if the ghostly if the if the, if the uh, uh, you know the the ghosts of um, uh, Western Mountain were were you know more evil, she would have been, had a really big problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and in the book, it's yeah. it's, it's even like you you learn more. Like they they briefly mention that one of the guys needs to treat his wife better, and we learn. He's not a nice guy, this dude. This guy, uh, I, I can't remember the specifics, but he really is uh, is a dangerous fellow. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, so like, uh, but I think what ends up uh, sort of uh, working in her favor continuously is she's just so nice to people that they just all feel the, the need to <laughs> reciprocate. So she ends up, uh, you know, uh, pretty much being on the good side of everybody she meets. Um, and, and also she has Yango, who's now Condor hero to protect her. Um, and, yeah, and, that helps. <laughs> what, what did you think about the mask? He wore a mask most of this episode. You know, it's funny cause I, I'd forgotten about the mask thing that he, you know, he's got, he's had that mask for so long now. I'd forgotten how to first. So when he first showed up, I just thought they like had old people makeup yeah. on him. I thought, oh wow, he's really aged <laughs> really badly in sixteen years. I mean, what he was—he couldn't have been much. I mean, at most he was what twenty or something earlier. It's I like was, it, it was, I think he was like eighteen or something. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah, he was effectively in his late teens last time we saw him, and now he's he's an old man. But uh, I, you know, I didn't think. Guo Jing and Huang Rong still look pretty good, but uh, but yeah, then he took the mask. I'm like, oh, the mask, the mask. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I really, I really like the way his performance has changed too. I, I mean, you know, if you ever way, way back in the series when uh, this actor started playing the very young uh, version of Yang Guo, I was, I was a little like, gee, I don't know about this guy. He was just so kind of hyper and kind of crazy and i was like i don't know how i feel about this but uh but yeah i I mean having the perspective of the whole show i really i'm really impressed with the performance he's doing it it, it, you know that's a very common reaction too that's that i've seen people online react that way to it and i think that it's like you said it's it's a long show and so he's trying to sort of show a progression over time and he Mm -hmm. has to have a starting point and the starting yeah. point just happens to be a little bit grating, but it works in the end. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, I, like I've seen people, they get to that episode and I've seen them make posts like, 
is he going to be this way the rest of the show? Cause I don't know if I can handle that. And, yeah. and so if you, if, so I will assure people who are thinking about watching the show, if you just watch up to that point, give it some more episodes for the character to develop because he really is, he really works the character. Well, it's a, it, I, I really like his version of Yangua, but it takes time for the character to, to evolve properly. And so, you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's he he definitely starts him off in a more goofy zone and then kind of moves from there. Um, yeah, you can see the whole progression. It works very it works very well. Well, it creates a and, contrast. It creates a nice contrast from the beginning to the end. You know what I mean? Because now he's so he's almost yeah. stately. Uh, he is. Yeah, exactly. He's got a got an air of gravitas to him. But uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying his uh, his relationship with with Jiang too. I, I feel like it's uh, that that's working. It's you know the the scene where he gives her the needles and she basically wastes most of yeah. it immediately on these kind of frivolous things, and his 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 kind of quiet reaction to like you know kids kind of thing. It was it's kind of fun seeing him being this older character <laughs> kind of kind of shaking his head at this this kind of childish frivolity. It's, well, uh, yeah, because that's that's what he was like, right? Like that's kind yeah. of how he would have been. So, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. what she he gives her three needles and she can use them each for like basically like a, a request. And her first request is to see his face, and he's like, "You're wasting a needle on you know, like you know, this is you know," and and she says, "No, this is like isn't a small matter. This is like you know, I I I don't you know, I haven't seen your face yet. How can I say I know you?" And and it's actually I think it's fairly smart on her part because if she, if she doesn't see his face now how can she confirm that the next person that comes to her and says i'm condor hero is truly him do you know what i mean like it, yeah. it, it creates the it reduces the potential for that kind of a problem to arise and and we've definitely seen that that sort of thing can happen in in in, in this sort of setting um, oh, definitely. But I, I like I like the fact too that uh, that, that Yang Guo is like he is kind of like oh you're wasting. But at the same time, you can see he understands. It's kind of the it's kind of the inverse of the scene between uh, Huang Rong and Guo Jing, where it's like he doesn't understand teenage girls at all, and it's like Yang Guo gets it. He like kind of to a degree, he he gets youth. He gets yeah. this kind of youthful kind of. Uh, silliness even at the same time he's like uh he he, he kind of has a sense of humor about it that i enjoy and the um what was it the the uh the the relationship she has with um with chief lu is pretty interesting because that really kind of uh, it, it seems like they're 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 really close and they're really good friends and then when he dies she takes it very seriously she goes to the temple and she makes offerings in his yeah. memory, she prints some food and all that stuff. And then Nemo Shung shows up, and uh, and Guafu uh, also shows up and has to protect her. Uh, and a mysterious person ends up killing Nemo Shung. This is actually maybe an important point that I forgot to mention. Nemo Shung dies in this episode, and uh, and and nobody's a hundred percent sure who it was. They know that the person used a fine finger flick, but that could have been either Yang or Huang Yaoshi. And so I think people are leaning towards Huang Yaoshi as the likely candidate to be their, their, the savior. But I thought that by making that relationship with her and Chief Lu, it, Chief Lu is one of these characters that he kind of, you kind of miss him the first time around. And it isn't yeah. until you see him with her that you get a better sense of who he is. 
and that he's like a that... genuinely nice guy. And so when he dies, you kind of care more about him. So it was actually helpful for them to to establish that. Uh, they did a very good job with that. Yeah, that little scene of them just drinking together. It's a very short scene, and it gets interrupted very quickly. But they 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 really did a good job of kind of giving them a camaraderie. And you're like, you know, it's it just. Yeah, it gave it gave this character's death a weight that it, it wouldn't have had an episode earlier. And there was another thing that was interesting about uh, about her character. They the the scene when the uh, the, the the brothers from Ten Thousand Beast Manor uh, we totally glossed over this. They arrive oh, yeah. with a wave of animals because they they're animal trainers. <laughs> That's this is what I was thinking about when I said there will be more animals in the future. They just like this 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 herd of leopards and other types of creatures i think and and they start attacking the uh the the ghosts of western mountain and 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 she gets thrown in the mix one of the uh she brothers throws her a hat and says if you're wearing this hat you won't be hurt but then she throws it to i think big-headed ghost to protect him yeah and and so then suddenly she's you know surrounded but the leopards don't hurt her and it turns out because she was suckled on leopard milk as a baby they somehow must see her as a leopard or something. I don't know, but she's got this. this... Well, it seems I know the way I interpreted the, the way they did it in the show is they were they're like leopards were surrounding and moving, in, and there was one up in the tree that kind of jumped down and got in the way. And I I, I think I, I kind of got the impression it's like oh that must have been the the oh, same leopard. That was the way right. I read it. That you know no, you they jumped right. in and kind of it kind of stared down the other leopards and then licked her. And no, I think you're right. I think you're right. So that but it was nice to sort of bring that back to the uh it's funny because yeah. i was assuming i was like oh she's got like an immunity to leopards now like that was a uh, but, but yeah i don't, I don't think it was an overall immunity yeah. i think i think she you know he, you mentioned she's very lucky she got yeah. lucky that, that just by coincidence the exact same leopard had to be part of that uh of that that crew that was attacking her okay the, the other thing that's kind of neat that's going on is when we when we meet zubatong He's a beekeeper now. That's sort of the thing that he's devoted. Yeah, to. I thought <laughs> he that said was... the Sherlock Holmes thing and retired yeah. and become a beekeeper. It's it's really fitting that he becomes a beekeeper because he was obsessed with those jade bees, and so now... <laughs> it seem it seems very fitting that that's the sort of pursuit. I I suspect he might not even be making money off these bees. That <laughs> he might just be you know doing it for its own sake. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know that you know. Was, uh, overall, did you think this were this? I kind of this compare to the other, you know. At this point in the story, what's your sense of where things are going? Do you feel like it's becoming disappointing that it's going in good directions? No, I I really enjoyed these three episodes. I mean, as far as where it's going, I I, I I've got a, a bad feeling about you know Mongols at this time period versus song. I, I don't know if that's going to go a great direction, but uh, I, I I'm enjoying the new cast of characters we've gotten so far. I mean, hearing from you that the, the story focuses a little more on Jiang, I was you know when when she parted from Yango very early, well after the whole little adventure they had, I was like, I, I was. I was happy the story kind of stuck with her. If it could have gone the other way, she could have drifted out and it could have stuck with Yangra. And I'm like, actually, at this point, I'm, I'm happy to, to see more of her. She's a, a very, very engaging, entertaining character so far. Yeah, yeah. Again, for me, what really works about that is it, it gives Yangra the space to be bigger. 
and I think that's yeah. the, the, that's why it's so effective. And and again, they, and they really did need to that gap or that hole had to be filled with a character that was interesting to watch. And I mean, I I, I guess the they could have done it with maybe Jubatong, but again, he's he's also a big character, so he wouldn't have been as and you know you would it would have diminished him to do that. Um, yeah. There there really weren't that many choices, and so it's interesting that they sort of. Uh, that he that he planted this seed by having the babies born, and then had one of the babies become the the next character that you follow, and really kind of committing to fleshing out that character. I really, again, whenever like like nine times out of ten, when somebody has a child in a fantasy book or a, a you know even a wuxia story, you really don't care about them because they're not. The, it, it's a pale <laughs> imitation of the main character that that produced it, and and this is something where I feel like the entire. Uh, the entire family of uh, Huang Rong and Guo Jing is so well fleshed out. Even the ones you don't like, like Guo Fu, you know, she's 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 a complete character. Like they, if they if they if if he had chosen to follow her, as much as we would have hated her the whole way, I'm sure mm-hmm. it would have still been interesting because she's a clearly delineated character. Um, and yeah, yeah, you could get a good story there. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, at the end of the last series of episodes we watched it was clearly going back to Zhang Yang and the Mongols and stuff even before the time break it was pretty clear that was where the story was going to go next to me and and with with Yang Gao not going there and I was just like you know I'm not I you know I mean obviously I have a lot of affection for Huang Rong and Guo Jing but see they're they're older and they're larger characters and they're not they're not as interesting. They wouldn't be as interesting to be the main focus of the story for a while. And like I say, Guafu, it's nah, I, not my first choice. So it's, you know, by having this time break and that, they've kind of put this character who's at that location, who is someone I'm a lot more invested in. So it's, yeah. it's interesting development. So, yeah. So, so, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming episodes. We don't have that many more. Um, I can't remember, you know, you might have to read that epilogue to get the, Full sense of completion of the story. I, I don't oh, recall, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So hopefully, I, I think that we'll have you know maybe one or two more episodes. I think of discussing the uh, uh, this series. Yeah. Um, I, I I do want to thank everybody. If anybody's made it this far in the discussion, a very big <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, you know, there, you you could almost have read the book in the time that you've listened to us talk about the book. Or, or the series you could have watched the series in the time that it's t- talking taken us to talk yeah about it. um but uh but it's definitely well, i don't know we're doing, we're doing actually you couldn't have watched the series because we're doing about an hour podcast for three three episodes so you still you're still you're still saving a little bit of time on a but uh it may not be the case with the book but but i would definitely i think with the book we did five chapters at a time i i don't I don't know. I, 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 me and Kenny had a discussion about whether it was quicker to listen to us or, or read. I, I think it was would be quicker to listen to our episodes still, but um, yeah. But I could be wrong. Um, but but I, I definitely would recommend people. You know, don't just listen to us. Go and check out the series and listen to it. It's it's really worth worth uh, exploring, and it yeah. it will open up so much of Wuxia cinema to you if you take the time to either familiarize yourself with the book or or get a like a really good version of the series and familiarize yourself with it because it uh this stuff crops up a lot and and these yeah. are characters that are so well known sometimes they're even just referenced as in in passing because they're 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 notable 
Um, yeah, I mean, these either the book or the show. It's like you, it had, it, it, you know, in this format, it has the time to go into the underlying kind of, yeah. you know, philosophy and mechanics of these these martial arts and so on to an extent that you know, just watching any random hour and a half martial arts movie, there's things going on they don't have time to explain, and it's like you just feel like you have a better knowledge of the whole genre. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. In fact, I would say a lot of times I've I've watched the shows first, then read the books, and usually if it's a well done show, the you know you're not you're not you don't get a huge amount of new information when you actually read the story. Sometimes you do, like like certain points will be clarified, something will happen, mm-hmm. but it'll be explained, or do you know what I mean? Like you will you will you, you'll get greater clarity, but uh, but that's often the enjoyment that you get from reading it if you've seen the series first. So. Uh, I think you can go in either direction. I also find it helpful to to read and watch in tandem. That that can be a really engaging way to encounter the material. So so yeah. So I guess we'll let people go. And this Friday we're going to be back on with the Blade, uh, which is a, a mid '90s uh, wuxia film, and it's a uh, it's 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 a kind of remake of One Armed Swordsman. So I think it'll be interesting for discussion. I have a feeling we're going to get some very divergent viewpoints on it, though, because it's not a typical wuxia film, and it definitely uh-huh. it definitely treads into territory that not everybody's going to like. So so I'm I'm curious to see what's gonna what's gonna happen uh, on Friday, and and yeah. So until then, we will talk to you later.